Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a high-quality website, blog, portfolio, and now an online store. You can check out their new commerce solution so you can start selling your stuff immediately. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com slash twip and use the offer code twip4. This week on Twip, Adobe releases the Lightroom 5 beta, a photographer tracks down a thief using Craigslist, Dove Canada uses a fake Photoshop action to shame potential over-retouchers, plus our new Critique of the Week segment, it's Tuesday, April 16th, 2013, and this is Twip. And welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, we're going to be diving into Adobe and their latest release of Lightroom 5, or at least the beta version of Lightroom 5. We're going to talk about a photographer that kind of went undercover to bust a thief trying to sell his gear on Craigslist. We're going to talk about Dove uh, using a Photoshop campaign, Trojan horse, to shame some potential body shamers. So we'll talk about what all that means. Plus, we're going to have a critique of the week and some listener Q&A plus our picks of the week and all that good stuff. Okay, but uh, before we continue, let's do a quick round table. First up is Mr. Ron Brinkman. You uh, you haven't been on the show in a, since what? Uh, since the was, Renaissance, right? Or something? I mean, it's, been, it's been an awfully long time. I was trying to remember if I've been on this year I know. I know. We're already in April, and I know. Had I had I been to Columbia when I last spoke with you? Do you? Uh... I don't. I. Don't, think I don't remember. So, so tell us about yeah. it. Where uh, I've been a couple of places. I've been to Columbia, and I, I uh, ran over to Europe for a little while. And um, Columbia's great. Totally recommend it. It you know it has that historical reputation of being a little bit dodgy, but completely dodgy as in like what losing your gear, being kidnapped, what all of that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and <laughs> you know, but other than that, it's lovely. Um, yeah, other than that, no, no, I, 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 you know, I felt totally safe there. It's you know very, very felt pretty modern. You know, uh, clean, nice, safe, excellent food. Uh, we were in we were in Bogota and in Cartagena, and uh, Cartagena is more of the Caribbean. You know, laid back, kind of relaxed, chill, sort of old city, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the place to go to really. And uh, it was great, beautiful. I really liked it. So. Thumbs up for that one. And uh, then I also was over in Europe for just a little while, over in Germany, and took a trip down to Luxembourg. And it was very cold. Now, were you were you there on business, or were you there just visiting? Or I was. Uh, my girlfriend was on was there on business, and I was just taking advantage of the uh, hotel room that she already had. So, <laughs> so it was nice. Yes, it was good. But it was a lot of fun. I'd never been to Luxembourg before. It's very quaint, very picturesque. Excellent. And you're a photographer, so picturesque, and you went well mm-hmm. together. Right? Yeah, and unfortunately, I'm in that mode right now where I have this backload of all these pictures I've taken that I haven't gotten around to actually organizing or doing anything with. So we've welcome all been the there. Club. Welcome yeah. to the club. Well, welcome back to the show, man. I mean, you yeah. know, like I was telling you before we started recording, you're TWIP royalty, and, you know, you like. It's been a while. I'll try to be on more. <laughs> you're like yep. Steve Simon. Steve Simon and his up periscope, and then he goes away. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
We can't let you get back. You can't get into that whole Steve mode of thing. Yeah. All right. Also on the show is Miss Valerie Jardin. Hey, Valerie. How's it doing? How's it going? Hi, Frederick. Hi, Ron. Uh, going well, actually. I'm uh, getting ready to leave in two weeks for another round of workshops. Two weeks, one week in Paris, and one week in Normandy on the nice. northwest coast of France, which is nice. where I was born. And uh, so, yes, it's, um, it's exciting. Then I will be back in June for uh, workshops in Minneapolis, then back to France again for our family vacation. Uh, no work in July. And yeah. then I have two more workshops in France in October, Normandy and Paris again. And actually, I, I still have a few spots as well as some accompanying non-photographer spots open. You gotta which, you gotta you gotta give the TWIP audience a discount. That gets them off their seat. You gotta give us a, a, a special That's twip. right. I'm gonna have to to uh to figure that out in, in next year's pricing. Sure. There you go. There yeah. you go. You know I and I, okay, I might even go because I I kinda wanna go. So you know if there's a promise. discount I may consider going <laughs> <laughs> So anyhow if somebody wants to go to Paris and they don't and their wife or significant other or best friend wants to tag along but they're not photographers I can accommodate that on a limited um, limited space for that like I have take four four non photographers per workshop so they they have the luxury accommodations and the gourmet dinners and then they have to do their own things during the workshop wow that's nice. that really cool it sounds like a dream wow thanks for putting Pretty that together fun. thank you Okay, and just some quick updates. So we, we uh, two weeks ago, I launched a contest to give away a transporter. If you're watching the video, you can probably see it behind me. It's the thing with the blue glowing light on it. Um, so we are giving one of those away to one lucky winner, and that winner for this contest with, was Heather Detoma. So she won this one. And uh, we'll kind of connect the data. The company that makes those will be contacting her directly to uh, arrange shipment of that. Also. Connected Data is offering 10% off those things to TWIP listeners if you use the code TWIP4. So if you want to get one of those for 10% off the uh, the regular retail price, just use that code TWIP4. And me personally, so we're, we're actually recording this, sh this show a day early. We normally record on Wednesday evenings. It's Tuesday evening, and the uh, reason being we're doing it a day early is because I'm heading down to Brooks Institute tomorrow to participate. Well, I sit on their board, so we're going, I'm going down for board meetings, and they're also having their commencement ceremony, congratulations students, this Friday, so I'm going to sit in on that, and guess who the, um, the keynote speaker is for that? Ron, do you have any idea? I have a very good idea since you already told me. <laughs> Scott Board. The Scott elusive Bourne. Scott Board. That's the elusive cool. Scott Board will be down there addressing the students and you know trying to tell them on how to yeah, hopefully repeat his success in making money <laughs> in photography. Yeah. Yeah. So so hopefully we'll you know we'll have a bunch of Scott Boards running around making money in the next couple of years. <laughs> so, That's uh, awesome. It boggles the mind. Yeah, I know, totally. All right, so before we jump into the show, I'm glad I have both of you guys on the show because I, you are both traveler travelers, ardent travelers. You're bouncing back and forth around the globe all the time, and I need some advice. So I'm going to be going on a trip to Korea soon. Nice. Um, and this is one of the, this is, you know, it's kind of a business trip, but there'll be some significant downtime. Mm -hmm. So. I wanted to put it to you guys, so what should I do? And I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. 
like I have I have gear, you know, I've got my DSLRs and lenses and all that stuff, and my first knee-jerk reaction is to, okay, I need to prepare for any eventuality. I'm going into photojournalist mode. <laughs> I need to shoot landscapes, portraits, Mac, you know, food, everything. And then I saw a post from Valerie on Google+. Plus about that camera that she has, <laughs> the Fuji X100S. So I'm thinking, why not just leave all that other stuff home and bring the Fuji and do an exercise in restricting myself and become a real photographer again? That, that's do what you, I'm going to be doing in July. I'm going to Iceland and France, and I'm only taking the Fuji. Wow. Is that crazy or what? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Is that crazy? I, <laughs> I'd have a hard time doing that to Iceland, I gotta say. Yeah, well, tough, it has an empty filter. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, Valerie, uh, that camera has a fix has one lens on it, right? I mean, you yes. can't you can't swap the lenses out. You're stuck with that 28 millimeter, it's, effectively yeah, it's 35 millimeter lens, it's, right? It's a 35. Yeah, it's a 23, but it's the equivalent a to a 35. So, uh, yeah, but that's okay for me. I mean, I've been shooting with the 40 on, you know the 40 millimeter on my 5D Mark II for a long time, except when I'm on client assignments. So yeah. when it's just for my own vaca uh, vacation time photo walks, I love having just that fixed focal length. And, and, and with, I do that, a lot with of that one focal length, you're able to do... You're able to do portraits and landscapes and, and everything you need to do by zooming with your feet? You know, because I'm a, I'm a shallow depth of field guy. You know, I want to get... A, I want, you know, I want it to pop. And I, I just feel like, you know, okay, is it going to start looking snapshotty, you know, that kind of thing? I, see, I don't think so. I, I'm actually really impressed with it. Um, I'm not going to take, like for my workshops, I'll take both, and I'll probably be using this one half the time when, I do, when we do street photography, but I'll have my, you know, my 24 to 70 on the 5D Mark II half the time. Yeah. Uh, but um, you just see differently. It, it Just if you... I had I have clients I have um, students who came on my Paris photo workshop with just the forty millimeter pancake lens and they shot Paris for a week with that and they got some awesome shots and they traveled light and they were very happy so it's it's a challenge but if you if you do it you have to make sure uh oh sure you don't keep... uh oh you froze for a second there Valerie Are you still there. It was a yeah. It was a cliffhanger. You said that if oh. you do it, okay. you have to, yeah. you and then you cut off. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to do? <laughs> so, ta da! <laughs> well, you yeah. you can't just be wishing you had your other gear. You have to just go in that mode where okay, this is what I have, and I'm gonna make the best shots of my life. I agree. With it. And then deal. And that's okay. The, and so live you, with it. So it's, it's an exercise in and restricting yourself, right? And I bet you'll have the best shots you've ever had. Yeah. And you'll be you'll be traveling light. Your back will be so happy. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. back my back needs that right now. So <laughs> so what what do you like about the camera right now? I mean, other than just the, the minimalism of it and you know the you know, what what is it about this camera that makes you happy? Uh well first of all, I mean look how cool it looks. And <laughs> No, it's uh, it's so sharp. I pushed it at 3200 ISO this weekend. I can't tell the difference between that and my 5D Mark II. Nice. I mean, it, it was so so sharp, low noise. Um, I just love that um, 
I can just press a button and it's completely silent. Doesn't even make a it doesn't even blink or anything. It's so convenient. I did that at a at a pub this weekend where I don't want to attract attention. I like to have the shutter sound, although it's a fake sound, <laughs> but I kind of like that. But uh, you just press a, a button and and everything sh- you know everything is silent. I can use the. I don't like normally using the LCD. I like looking through the viewfinder, yeah. and I like the optical viewfinder on it. I would never use the viewfinder if it was on um, digital. The, I was going to ask you about that. So, so, so it's optical. So you're actually looking through a hole. You're not even looking through the lens, right? You're looking directly through this. Yes, and it's actually the you see a little more than the actual frame. So that's the only thing that bothers me a little bit. Uh, but the LCD in the back, I started using that, which is really new for me. I never use just live view on my cameras. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I'll, I'll get the hang of it for street photography. I can see the benefit of doing that when you're in a in a bistro in Paris and you want to take pictures of, of people. Um, so completely silent, small, completely inconspicuous. You don't look like a, a professional. No, it looks uh, like an old Canon AE-1 a little bit. It's just great. I just ordered a little uh, wrist um, strap for it so I don't look like a tourist with it around my neck. Mm. Uh, But uh, it's uh, so far so good. I used it actually. I did some landscape. I did some still life. And I did some street photography. I've only had it for a week. And it's been snowing. But (laughs) Mm. uh, so it's uh, so far I love it. Wow. I haven't. I haven't even. My 5D Mark II is sitting behind me there, all sad. So if I'm going to Korea, a country that I haven't been to before, you would be okay recommending that I only take a Fuji X100S with me. Yes, and I hear that it's uh, the learning curve is a lot quicker for Nikon shooters because the dials are more. Oh. I mean, they're more similar. And I happen it's, to be a Nikon. It's quite shooter. a learning curve for a Canon shooter, I may say. I feel like, I mean, I, there I am. I have the instruction manual and the camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> you pull that out, you're it. like, how do I change the f-stop? <laughs> yeah, you just wait a minute. Don't move. I really want that shot. I just need to look at page 92. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that's exactly. great. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Ron, what about you? What do you you think? What's your recommendation? Yeah, I think you can get away with it. I really do. I mean, I've done it a couple of times. When I went to Nicaragua, I just didn't want to be burdened with schlepping stuff around. Uh, Even even when I went to to these last couple trips I took, all I had with me was my my Canon, but just one lens. I I took uh, my 10 to 22. You know, an ultra wide, and I kind of just made do. Actually, that's not true. I had a 50 with me also. Um, but you know, the minimal stuff. I'm, I'm absolutely. I keep looking at Micro Four Thirds, some of these other compact cameras, and I just keep going back and forth on which one to get. But I'm. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, the problem is, it's, it's all changing so quickly, and there's, there's so many good options right now, and you know, there's something cool down the, you know, around the corner. Yeah. And I always say, you know, I'm just going to buy into something before my next trip, and then the trip comes up suddenly, and I don't have the time to actually get it to me in time. So. Mm-hmm. And you know, Valerie, Valerie, like I put in the show notes, I was looking on Amazon at this thing, and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, this looks like the good camera. Valerie recommends it. Maybe I should just get it. Shipping time? I mean, the, what, one, to, what is it, two to three months or one, one to One to months? two months, but I got mine within two weeks on Amazon. And, and it was... did it say that at the, when you ordered it, that it was going to be nope. one to two months? No. Nope. Yeah, see, so if I order it, I got to wait until, what, 2015 to get this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for the little bag. 
Wow. See, you finally decide on something and you go to order yeah. it. And... See, you should have you should have pre-ordered in January. That's what you should have done. No, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna use some of my twip weight and have food. There you go. That's you right. know, hook you up. Know. Yeah, right. What, like what, it's sold gonna me on, what sold me on it is Zacharias' uh, review on it. First, oh, I thought Zach's review was the best review ever written. Oh, I haven't read so that. so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all the cameras in a bar. You haven't read that yet? It's <laughs> I'll link it. Oh, you'll have to read that. It's hilarious. I will. And I, will. And, uh, I read a lot of reviews. And Well, the thing is, I, I was thinking micro four-thirds. And I thought, why would I need a system with a whole, whole bunch of lenses? I have L lenses. I right, have a right. great system. And do I really want to switch lens again on a smaller, which is not that much smaller when you think of it, camera? Or... And and I thought, well, that's dumb because will I ever use my 70 to 200 or my 24 to 70 again? And that's a lot of money invested. Yeah. And so I figured, no, this is completely different. This is uh, this is something like nothing I own, and and it fits me. Yeah, yeah. and th- I mean, it says a lot that you bought that thing because you are the. You are, what's the word for people that don't like technology? Luddite? I don't know. <laughs> Technophobe? You're like the photo Luddite of the group. Uh, you, don't, you don't like to, well, it's not that you don't like technology. You just, you don't, you don't embrace don't it like, like the rest of us do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I only like what I need and use, so. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So where are you going in Korea? You can be in Seoul? Do you know what else? Uh, well, I think it's going to be, um, I know I'm going to pronounce the name wrong, um, Gangnam, you know, where they, where Psy does the, the dance right. and all that stuff, so, that's, of course okay. I have to go there, you know. Right, right, of course, that's good. Yeah. Are you going to try to get over to North Korea or Pyongyang? Uh, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> because I would like to actually come home at some point, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I'll be going to North Korea. <laughs> I think you should, go for it. You, no. I wonder, I mean, you know, getting to North Korea, I haven't done it, but I've looked into it a few times, and last time I was going to Korea, I wanted to do it, and I ended up not Not on my first trip. Maybe later, you know, on my second trip. It it really is just kind of an across-the-border sort of thing. It's not really going into, you know, hardcore. You say across the border, other people say across the DMZ, you know? (laughs) That is true. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and right now, there's, you know, apparently there's some threats being issued back and forth. Yeah, it might be a little bit I'm American, and they don't, you know, apparently like us right now, so I don't want to be a bargaining chip. Let's just see. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's... That's a cool. It's a cool place. I mean, I assume you'll be. In, are you gonna get to go to Seoul at all too? Or uh, yeah, I would like to go to Seoul. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, you know, modern and mm-hmm. it's cool. Cool. Yeah, fun. Well, before before we continue into the news, guys, I wanna I wanna just acknowledge what happened earlier this week in Boston, right? So you all have, and I'm sure all the listeners have heard about the Boston Marathon explosions that happened that injured. Um, over 90 people and caused three fatalities. I think so far is what they're calling. Um, so I mean, I don't. I don't think we need to spend too much time on it on a photography podcast. But I just wanted to call attention to it and let those folks know that we're thinking about them. And um, also, like from a photography standpoint, if you happen to have been in that area, Ron, I want to throw it to you first. If you were in that area and this kind of thing went down, yeah, as we were a just... photographer. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about this a little before the show, and and it is just you know the day after it happened for us, and so it's it's yeah. you know the, the, nobody knows anything yet. I don't see any point in speculating on what it might or might not have been, but you know the, the interesting thing 
with the, you know, there's a lot of cameras around a marathon. And yeah. it, it's interesting, the timing of the explosions were sort of after the, the sort of front runners came by. So a lot of the news cameras had already left the scene. Yeah. But it kind of did underscore the point that, you know, these days we're all sort of documenting the world around us. And, you know, you, some footage you shoot or some photos you shoot could end up being pertinent. So if you were there, um, you know, take, take a look at what you've got. Maybe contact the people, even if you don't think you have anything. Uh, and just, you know, in general, that's sort of something good to keep in mind that, you know, you never know what you're going to get on your camera that might be useful for helping to find the idiots that did this or prevent it in the future. So, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those terrible stories. And, you know, it's like I said, it's a day after. So there's not really a whole lot to be said about what exactly it was or wasn't, but yeah. crazy. Yeah, like I said, it's not not so much a photography story, but you know, like you said, it just happened, so it's mm. kind of, it's fresh in all of our minds. So I wanted to make sure we acknowledge that. Okay, uh, jumping into the news today. <clears throat> so yesterday or day before yesterday was it? Um, Light, Apple or uh, Apple Adobe launched the Lightroom Five Beta. So have you? So I, Ron, I know you don't use Lightroom at all, right? So, I, I don't, but I took a look at some of the stuff that, that's in there. Um... You know, it, it, let me run down the list first. Before right, we okay. So, um, and just for you, the, the people that are listening, this is not meant to be a comprehensive review, obviously. So, if you want to dive deep into it and just get a, a quick overview on video of what's in this new release, go to PhotoshopUser.com/Lightroom5. That's Kelby and crew. They do every new release of a, of a Lightroom. They do kind of a an overview training snippet of videos. I think the whole thing in total is about maybe 10 minutes or less. But they go over each new feature and show you what they do and why it's cool. So definitely head over there. It's photoshopuser.com slash Lightroom 5. Uh, but some of the things that are in there, so they've got more robust healing tools. And in the old Lightroom or the existing shipping Lightroom, there's a, the, the clone tool in there is where basically you can, I mean, everyone knows how to use it. You can take and remove sensor dust from your image or pimples or whatever, but only on a spot, you know, a particular spot. So they've advanced that, and now it's an actual brush where you can paint out things like telephone lines and, you know, all kinds of things like that. So irregularly shaped objects, you can just paint on them, and they disappear. Um, my favorite feature in this new release is the vignetting feature. So... The old Lightroom or the existing Lightroom, if you wanted to put a vignette on a, on a photo, you can drag the vignette tool down and it would darken or lighten the edges, but always from the center of the image, which sucked. You know, you, you kind of, like as a photographer, we generally put things off center or using rule of thirds or whatever. With this new tool in there, you can essentially drop control points wherever you want on the image, make the size you want, and then either adjust the inside of the the control point or the outside to darken it and do as many as you want on the image, which is pretty cool. And they've got a, a feature in there that comes over from Photoshop, which is the one-click perspective correction. So now, you know, you go out with your wide-angle, Valerie, with your 23-millimeter lens and you take a picture <laughs> of a skyscraper, of course you're going to get the keystoning effect where it goes off into the distance there. Um, now in Lightroom, you can just click one button and it will fix all the corners and make everything nice and square for you. And um, another cool feature for people that use, especially people that are using SSD-based computers like me with this uh, 
my 13-inch MacBook doesn't have a gigantic hard drive on there. So they've got you now have the ability to edit photos that are offline. And what it does is it creates a, a DNG version of that file and allows you to make all your edits on it. So essentially building your raw developing recipe on that image. And then when you connect it back to your you know your your hard drive or the main drive where the the raw files are stored, it will apply those changes to that. So it's a bunch of new features in there. It's really cool. Yeah. Go ahead, so it's, it's a low resolution lower resolution proxy of of yeah. your existing stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not new, right? You do you do you guys, Ryan, especially you. Do you remember this tool back in the day called Live Picture? You remember Live Picture? Yeah, vaguely, but it was a tool to where good. they pioneered the whole idea of taking a gigantic image and giving you a small, really fast preview of it, then you do yeah. all your edits on that, and then when you render, it would go pull the main data right. from that from the big image, and you know, so you kind of had the best of both both worlds. It's kind right. of what Adobe's doing here, yeah. Which is which is kind of that's like going way back in the visual effects world where I used to work, where we would do that all the time. So, you know, this was back when processors just couldn't deal with it. So everything we did was on low resolution proxies. And you would set up these complicated, call them scripts, but you know these sort of flow graphs of operations to be applied, and you'd work with low resolution, like video resolution kind of images, and then you push a button and it send it off to a render farm, and you'd have you know fifty CPUs chugging on doing the full resolution equivalent for every frame, twenty four frames a second, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's really, I mean, it's a really smart way to work. I still do it a ton with some other stuff that that I'm doing, and. Um, because, you know, 99% of what you're doing, you don't need to see 100% resolution what you're working on. A lot of it's some just very, you know, overall kind of uh, color adjustments or even even some paint fixes kind of thing can be done at a lower resolution. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like it's a nice release. It's, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, an Aperture user, uh, and some of this stuff has been in Aperture for a while, not quite in the same way. Um, you know, Aperture does have the heel brush that you can actually paint an object as opposed to just the spot stuff. So they're kind of catching up there. I like the Lightroom implementation of it a little bit better in that you have a little bit more, well, number one, I think the actual algorithm for the texture replacement looks a little bit better yeah. on uh, on Lightroom than it does uh, on Aperture. Aperture is more of just kind of blending in uh, stuff. Um, it, it, it's pretty good, though, so it's hard to say which one's better. But So Aperture's had that for a, a little while, the ability to paint the stuff, but it has a few other little uh, extra adjustments that you can do, and it's easier to adjust, like, after you paint your correction, and you want to modify it, it's easier, it looks like it's easier to adjust that inside of Lightroom. Yeah. The, the offline proxy stuff is also something that Aperture's had for a while, um, and the, the perspective pers correction is nice, and that's definitely something that's really not yeah, that, well covered like in Aperture. Directly made it over from Photoshop. Valerie, yeah. Valerie, is this a is this a release that you're gonna jump in? Because it's in beta right now, and yep. we know that you're not an early adopter of this stuff. Are you? Oh, I will actually because I the vignetting. I yep. think that's awesome. Right, um, that's my favorite feature. I, oh my gosh, yeah. yes. I I watched um, the Kelby uh, people. Mm -hmm. I watched their video, and it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, also, also, the, also already in Aperture, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Aperture. What version? <laughs> What version is Aperture on right now, Ron? By the uh, way, hey, I, believe me, I am one, one, I am two, a, no, it's three. Not quite that bad. I don't hey, know. I'm as frustrated as you are, but I will say that some of these things have been in there for two okay. years now that uh, Adobe's yeah. just catching up. Yeah, but so what? So cars have had wheels since the beginning. So what? <laughs> two years of being able to use those tools that you didn't have. That's right. 
I don't and, know. And the brush, the brush too. I, I, I was wondering why we still had to deal with those little circles. Those circles. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then actually the perspective corrections. I do a lot of architectural nice. photography, so uh, that will be nice. Yeah. 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 So are you gonna are you gonna beta. are you gonna get the beta and play with? Yes. It? Yes. Very cool. I was actually gonna get it today, but I was too yeah. busy. I haven't, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't downloaded it yet either, but I will get it tonight and play so with it. So when is the it. full version going to be released? We don't we, know. Oh. We don't know. They won't tell us, you know. I'm sure, you know, it won't be that long, but, you know, you, that's Adobe's flow, right? You know, you get the beta and, you know, they'll get the feedback. They'll hopefully incorporate some of the feedback that they get about what needs to be in there, what needs to be tweaked, and then we'll get the full release and we'll, you know, march on. And, and I, I, really, I, I really love the way Adobe does this sort of thing where they put it out. It's free. You know, anybody can download it. You don't have to have the existing version. You can grab it. Just know that when the, the real one is released, this is going to go away. So don't build any, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> don't put your life into it right now, yeah, you know. Career-ending workflows on it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, another reason not to put your, your main stuff in there is because, you know, the whole database may change. You don't know what, what's going to happen with things. So, yeah, only, only Valerie, when you download it, only put in, don't, don't. Upgrade your your normal working library. Just start a brand no. new library and you know throw yeah. throw your X one hundred S. Well, who knows? I don't even know if it'll support the X one hundred S. Well, actually, I had to get four point four. I, I I didn't know I had not. I thought I had four point four, and I didn't. And right away, I put my files in and it didn't recognize it because I had not upgraded to Lightroom four point four. Okay. Uh, and so the new camera raw it, supports the X one hundred S. Yes. So the so five will too. Um, okay. No problem. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because you know, well, I'm sure by the time I get my X100S in <laughs> May of May of uh, you know 2017, uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll be working by then. I don't know. It's it's cool. I mean, do you like right now, Ron? Looking looking at Lightroom, you've you've look at you've seen the the new updates in Lightroom five beta. What do you think's missing out of Lightroom? Or in other words, what's missing out of Lightroom that you have in Aperture right now? Yeah, I mean, besides, you know, I know you don't have the speed that Lightroom has, but <laughs> not with. <laughs> I, I've never had a speed problem personally with uh, with yeah. Aperture, so I'm not sure. Um, I'm just kidding, Aperture users. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm no expert on it. I mean, the the vignetting tool that they have um, in the new version, you know, Aperture still has just pure just complete brush control over that kind of stuff. So you can paint any sort of a mask you want, soft edge mask, yeah. and, and use that to affect any part of the image. So I think that's still a little bit more powerful. Um, gives you a little bit more control, but you don't do that that much. And you, know, you can always run out to Photoshop if you really have to. Right. Um, you know, I don't... I, not me. <laughs> you don't yeah, want I mean, Photoshop, Valerie? Not anymore. Certainly not anymore now. Yeah. Really? I, I, I mean, I do have to wonder if, you know, they're just a little bit... Because uh, they basically have that technology already in plenty of places so are they just sort of not wanting to put in too much of this brush based workflow mm -hmm. uh, because it means you're not going to need Photoshop hardly yeah. at all well at some point you have to start cannibalizing right because yeah, you can't absolutely. I mean yeah. you know unless you start putting in features that you know people aren't going to use <laughs> right you, you know at some point the roads are going to join uh, yeah yeah so yeah, that, that I mean, light tool, that vignette tool in there reminds me of a tool in Photoshop that very few people use, and that's that whole lighting effects plugin. Mm -hmm. You remember that, where you can put the points yeah. on there and then change the radius and the light and all that? And yeah. you know, I used that once or twice, like 20 years ago, and then <laughs> I haven't used it since. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Photoshop definitely has all these sort of weird, specific kind of things, and, and it's nice the way that they're able to kind of, we've said for years, God, I just wish they would overhaul Photoshop because it's such a beast, mm-hmm. and it's really, it really still is pretty inconsistent with the way certain things work and just weird. I mean, you know, if you come into this not having any Photoshop experience, it's really non-intuitive in a lot of areas, I think. Right. And so I think it's awesome that Adobe is sort of, this is their opportunity to build a tool that is much more self-consistent from the ground up uh, so that a new user sitting there in front of it, you know, it, it feels like, I, I get it, everything's consistent. I don't have to remember some strange buried sub-menu somewhere. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff in Lightroom that it feels like, you know, like learning the hotkeys, there's no, there's no tool tips that seem to pop up and things yeah. like that. And, yeah. you know, I, I kind of want to have some more of that because every time I popped in, it was like, I know this is doable, but I can't quite find it. But it's not nearly as bad as Photoshop is, I'll say some, that. Some people complain about Lightroom still being modal. You know, in other words, not mm-hmm. having floating palettes around, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. I, I and I, like my that. thing is, I do like it like it yeah, is. I, agree. And I'm, I yeah. think if it's going to go, you know, with the floating palettes, it's Photoshop or, yeah. you know, Elements I, I, or something. No, I've never been a fan of the floating palettes because they just end up stacking up. And then you're like, where is yeah. that one at? And you can't find it anyway. So I'd rather have stuff totally consistent. And it's just purely a philosophical. I mean, the software I worked on at Apple, the Shake compositing software, was, you know, we made the decision early on that it would be, you know, totally no floating windows at all. Yeah. And there was a certain number of people that were like, I got to have floating windows. And so we put in some sort of nod to that, and you could sort of tear windows out of it. But I hate that. I just want to know where stuff is, and I always want to know it's in the same place. Yeah. Now, Valerie, now your, your workflow, so you kind of hinted that you don't even go into Photoshop anymore. Like, no, are you, I, all your. I, professional work and everything it's just lightroom and you're out no i i do uh, i work with a photoshop guy who that's all he does he's really good if i when i need photoshop for like if i do an interior or an architectural job for a client and for example the fireplace uh it's brand new the fireplace hasn't been hooked up to the gas line or whatever so we need to add the fire behind the grid after the fact, forget it. I mean, yes, I could probably pull my hair for a, a week and figure out how to do it, but mm-hmm. I don't want to. I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I send it to my guy, and he does it in an hour. And uh, it's like, why bother? And like, I, I shot a, a new construction that didn't have landscaping, and they wanted landscaping. Well, I sent it to my guy, and he put beautiful landscaping around the property. So, so most, of us, most of us, when we go into Lightroom, you can you can configure an external image editor, and it will open Lightroom or it'll open Photoshop or Elements or whatever. You actually have a human external image. <laughs> That's right, and he's very nice, and he's very reasonably priced. Send the image over to Joe; he does it, and it comes back, right? Yeah, and, and he's really good. And I, I mean, there are photographers who really enjoy being in the post processing, uh, doing the post processing. I don't. I mean, I love Lightroom because I can be in and out. I, I spent a few seconds on each image, especially for street photography. You really don't need a whole lot of work mm-hmm. uh, done to them. And a few sliders, and I'm, I'm done. If it requires more than that, then forget it. I've been I it. Love it. I love it. Yeah, I was, who was I talking to? Uh, I think it was Sue Bryce. Uh, I did an interview with her a while back, and she was talking about how much time she spends per image. And even, I mean, she's like a master retoucher, and she does these beautiful sort of gorgeous portraits of women, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, you know, they're just amazing. You know, words can't describe it. Sue Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E. Yes. Um, so wonderful. Google her or go to her site. 
But she was saying she doesn't. She spends like what ten minutes, fifteen minutes, or something like that per image. And she says that mindset came from when she was working as a retoucher, and it was more of an assembly line kind of thing. You had to, you know, image in, work on it, get it out, kind of thing. Yeah. But and she got to the point where her knives are sharp, and she's like, boom, 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 done, yeah. and image looks great. Ah. So Valerie, when you're when you're working on your images, how long would you say? Say you 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 get this great shot on one of your workshops in Paris or something. How long would you say you you typically spend on one of those images from raw to okay, it's done, I'm ready to show the world? The most would be five minutes, but that's really a long time. <laughs> wow, that, it's that usually under crazy. a minute. I it really see. I don't I, even go into plugins, so I must suck because I spend like. <laughs> 15, 20 minutes, I'm like, you know, I'll get up and come back and look at it, you know, I, I spend time on the images. No, but if I was, if I was shooting landscape, I'm sure I would, I would spend more time. Yeah, yeah. I, I like street, street photography, you have to feel like you're right there. I'm not going to start removing things, you know, right, it, right, I, right. I have yeah, the photojournalist yeah. approach to it. And, and the rest of the stuff I do, I, I used to shoot film. And and um, so I tried to get it right in camera. I tried to remove distracting elements in camera uh, if I'm shooting cityscapes or whatever, and yeah. uh, and I frame in camera. That's um, and I think that helps in reducing the time in post processing. And Ron, Ron, what about you? I mean, you're, you know, you come back from one of your you know your Indiana Jones adventures. You got <laughs> your images from some soup to nuts. How long? Yeah. Well. Clearly, the the bulk of the time is spent in the organizational phase of it, not the retouching phase. I mean, you know, it's really, uh, it's got to be, you know, an order of magnitude or two, how much time you spend wading through all of these photos versus getting down to the ones you really like. And you know, for the most part, I have some, you know, very basic stuff I do with kind of, you know, adding a little contrast and then just to, you know, it's sort of some presets. I'm kind of like I I will always drop that on a raw image because it sort of sets it where I want to. Mm-hmm. And, and Valerie's right that you know landscape tends to need a little bit more massaging than a street photo because there's often going to be a piece of trash somewhere or something like that, and you're like, ah, you know, I may as well just get rid of that. But you know, uh, it all depends on which ones are sort of going to be your showcase pieces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah say, before, before we leave this topic, say it's a showcase piece. Mm-hmm. Say you, this is a piece, and you like you. You know, you hiked up to some waterfall in in some you know South American country, and it was surrounded with with yep. foliage. And you did a long exposure, and you got this beautiful shot. And you know that you're going to print this and put it on the wall large. Right. How long from from uh, well, raw I, to finished? So I I took a canoe up river and hiked up to this waterfall, Angel Falls, tallest waterfall in the world in Venezuela, the South American country, as you say. Yeah. Um, I actually shot. Uh, pano stuff. So I shot, you know, a, a series of uh, about a dozen shots that I was going to then stitch together. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fixing that went into that. Uh, a lot of manipulation on. I sort of had one wide master shot that had a couple pieces I didn't quite catch in the pano individual ones, so I had to sort of mix that in. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, I mean that I probably spent two days tweaking it. You okay. Know? Okay. But I had a, a an image that was God. I don't remember how big it is. You know, probably uh, something like sixty thousand pixels wide. Oh, yeah. So I knew I could print it large, and I knew it was going to be seen large. Uh, I had a little bit of chromatic aberration happening because there was a really noticeable, uh, you know, delineation between the 
top of the mountain and the sky beyond it. So I had a bunch of little purple fringing I had to go in and take out of that. So yeah, I probably spent a couple of days getting the stitching and everything working right. But that's well, then I don't feel so bad then. Yeah, but that's, but that's working one. on a. It's more. It's not really working on an image. It's really working on a project. Yes, that's level. true. That is exactly right, and it's the only one I've ever spent. You know that level of stuff on. It's the. It's the only thing I've printed in the last five years, probably. Uh, so yeah, it was clearly a, a special case. Where's, for, where's that know. image now? Where is it? Uh, it's well, the printed image is hanging on my wall, but um, I can I can give you a link to it. Yeah, give us a link to it. I'd love to see that. We'll put that. We'll put that in the uh, the yeah, blog post. I think I put the high res up on Flickr even. So yeah, send me send me a link, and we'll embed it. Yeah, that. yeah. All right, let's blow through these next couple of stories because I want to jump into the critique piece here because uh, folks seem to love it when we critique images. Um, so story, story number two is about this photographer who bust the thief uh, was trying to sell his camera on Craigslist. So first of all, to, you got to read this whole story. So we can't. We're not going to do it justice. You got to. You got to listeners. You got to go in and click on the link on the site and just sit back and read the story. The gist is. This guy had a party at his place in San Francisco, I think it was, and some people showed up, friends of friends of friends or something, showed up. So he had an unknown element of people in his party, people that he didn't recognize. And the next morning, he goes looking for his camera and got the sinking feeling that we, you know, we all dread that he can't find something and that something was his camera. <laughs> On a whim, he decides to go check Craigslist to see if the thief was stupid enough to put it on Craigslist, and lo and behold, less than 24 hours later, his camera was on Craigslist. Not only was it on Craigslist, but it was listed in the same city that it was stolen from. <laughs> so, Real smart guy. So <laughs> the guy, the thief gets the Darwin Award for that, you know, for his well. <laughs> so that was the first thing. Um, so he then enlists the, you know, he goes to the police and tells them that he found it, yada, yada, and they do a sting. They, and he arranges to meet the guy at a local coffee shop, and the cops show up, and yada, yada, yada. So long story short, you guys camera back, thieves in jail, roll the credits. Story, the question to you guys, Valerie, I'm going to put the, to the you first. Has this ever happened to you? Have, you? have you ever had a camera just sort of evaporate and go missing on you, and you're like, oh, you know, what do I do now? No, actually, I've been uh, very lucky. I'm very careful with my stuff, too. And uh, I would... Um... I carry insurance, and everybody should. It's really not that expensive. Go through your even your homeowner's insurance and make sure you get um, replacement insurance, not not just value. Yep. Um, and and it's really not that expensive. It's well worth it because then yep. if you're traveling or whatever, if somebody takes your 5D Mark III, you can just go and buy a new one. Well, what not very expensive is relative. What's what's not very expensive? Well, actually, I can't tell you right now, but um, and like I'm roughly, sure is it like five hundred dollars a month? Oh, ten thousand? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm sure it's under like it's way under five hundred for the year. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's it's two or three hundred a year kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I know it's different for me because I travel internationally and I run right. a business with my gear, so yeah. it, they're a little pickier with that. But for just somebody who wants to insure their own their own gear. And they don't run a business, running, you know, teaching workshops or whatever. Right. Then it's really affordable. Yeah. So it's and replacement. Right. That's the key word. Replacement. Replacement. Okay. Yeah. Not what replacement as opposed to what? I think the other one is would be like value, current value. Okay. So I mean, it's like a car. The minute you walk out of the store, your camera is worth mm. half the price. Exactly. Exactly. So Ron, when you're when you're traveling, 
has this ever happened to you or something similar where, you know, somebody just decided they want to walk away with your camera? Um, no, I've never had one stolen. No, I don't think I've ever had one stolen. Neither have um, I. Yeah, neither have I. You know, and I, but I mean, it's, I, I've had one stolen out of, out of my dorm room back in college, you know, but not, not, nothing when I was traveling. Um, you know, it's, it, the cool thing is that all of these devices are starting to have network connectivity and, you know, just like your, your phone, you're going to have ways to find it. It's going to be the same thing with your camera. Uh, you'll be able to do, you know, remote control of it and remote wiping of it and remote shutdown of it and all that kind of stuff. So yep. it's going to be interesting. You need to meld drone technology with cameras so you can just That's fly right. it back to your yourself. It reminds <laughs> me reminds me of a, a, a guy I knew um, was in San Francisco. He just purchased a MacBook Air, a 13-inch MacBook Air. He's sitting in a coffee shop in a reasonably decent neighborhood in San Francisco and I think you know how you like reach down to go get something out of your bag or something. He reached right. down and got up, and some guy, some guy walked up, grabbed it, and ran out of the coffee shop. Jeez. <laughs> it might have been a Starbucks. I don't know. Ran out and just took off down the street. He tried to chase him a little bit, but then was like, you know what? I'm not going to chase him. But, you know, he eventually, I think the cops eventually caught the guy, and he, I don't know if he got it back or not, but I was just blown away that, like, okay. Because I sit in coffee shops all the time with my computer and my gear. Mm-hmm. You know? Like for somebody just to boldly walk up to you and and just yeah you know, gank your stuff, you're just, <laughs> just gone. You know? Yeah, I mean you never know. You know it's going to happen at some point, but you just kind of have to be somewhat aware. Just you know, be aware of your surroundings. It's so easy yeah. to get lost in in your own little world, but you know and, and, don't, and just don't look like a target. And if it if it happens, I mean, just let it be. It's not worth risking your life for. Right. Yeah. Either. Probably you wouldn't. Yeah. Probably not a good idea to chase the person. But yeah. unless somebody puts, you know, takes my X one hundred S, I don't know. I could become really, really mean. <laughs> <laughs> see, you see you're getting attached what? to your gear. See, unless it's an X one hundred S, then chase them for a maximum of ten blocks, <laughs> but <right>. no further. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you See, know, I hope I have that feeling when I get my camera, if I ever get it. Yeah. yeah. I, the the one thing that uh, I do, you know, I think everybody should do is when you're traveling, you tend to, you know, just get complacent that you've got the shots on the camera, and so I really try to be good about backing up every night if I have time, just you know, popping the card into the computer and mm-hmm. dropping it off to an external hard drive or something, because you know that that would be the worst part, really. It, it, yes. You know, you lose the camera, whatever, but you know, losing the pictures of a once in a lifetime trip. That that would be hard. So I really do try to do my best to back up every night. And you know, it's hard sometimes, especially if you're, you know, you're out late and you get home and you just want to like crash in the hotel room. But it's yeah. it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. I will do my best not to lose any camera gear or computer gear in Korea. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. This next this next and final story is about Dove Canada. Have you guys watched the video that yes. uh, that we stuck in here? So yes. to set it up, essentially, uh, Dove is on a say they're. Kind of on this very interesting tangent of that they're calling real beauty. That's the campaign, and um, a couple of things. So they they released this this Trojan horse Photoshop retouching action. I guess Trojan horse is a bad name for it because it's not malicious. But what it does is you get this that you get this thing, and you think that you're you know adding beautify a healthy looking glow to your photo. But what it actually does is revert the photo to its original state, saying that basically the message is less retouching is better. And then another video that just went viral, I think it's over a million a million views on this video. It's called Real Beauty Sketches. 
And it's a video of an FBI forensic sketch artist who interviews several women without looking at them. He's got kind of got his back turned to them. And they are sitting across from him describing themselves to him. And he sketches them to as per their description of themselves. And then he has another person describe that same person. And he draws the, the third party's description. And the results are surprising. So... I want to put that to you guys. So, from the from the cons, from the, you know, not so much of the Dove campaign itself, but from the in the the context of beauty in general. So, and I'll I'll set it up with like one of the the reasons I like shooting or taking photographs of women and model photography and fashion and that sort of thing is exactly because of what they're doing in this Dove campaign. I like to capture people and make them look better than they think they look. You know, and that, mm-hmm. that I get a kick out of that. You know, taking a photo and like, wow, that's me. That's me. <laughs> you know, that that kind of thing. Whether you know, when it's a landscape, you don't really get that kind of reaction. <laughs> but if it's, True. But if it's a person, you get that. Oh my god, I can't believe I look like that. That's amazing. So I want to put it to you. Like, what what drive, Valerie? When you saw this campaign, when you saw that video, the real beauty sketches video, what did what did you think of that? Well. I, I love the one with the sketch artist. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an amazing video, and I I like the message. I did not agree with the other uh, thing they did. You know, the action, the Photoshop action. Yeah, that's yeah. a little sneaky, and yeah. I don't know if it was actually because. Okay, let's say you're uh, you're a retoucher and or you're a, a young photographer, and you have this this gig, and you need to. You know, you have to make that model look so and so. They may have guidelines, whatever, and then they try. They use that tool, thinking, "Oh, maybe that's going to help," and then it completely destroys all the work they've done all day. Right, right. That would oh, really yeah. make me mad. And yeah. uh, so I, you'd I be don't... mad. I'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just uh, see. I don't do that kind of thing. I don't photograph models, and and the few portraits that I still do, I sent them. To my guy, <laughs> he's really good. To your external editor. <laughs> That's yes. right, my human editor. And uh, but um, but it's not their say. I mean, who are they to tell the retoucher what they should do? Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. what no, I, 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 totally, I have a problem I agree with, that. with that. I agree I, with I, that. But I totally agree with the fact that there is way too much. Uh, Liquify? How do you say that? Mm-hmm. Uh, the liquef- liquefaction. <laughs> I don't know how you would say that, but mm-hmm. uh, done on models, and and I don't think there is an inch of a you know any model you see on a on a, a billboard or a, a glossy magazine. There's probably not even an inch of their own body on there that's still the you know what. Yeah. And and I have a problem with that. I just thought that was a little sneaky. See, my my view about that is, I mean, I on the show a couple of years, Ron, you'll remember. I used to say pixels were born to be punished. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. I need to make sure this is pixel punisher. Yes. Uh, but the whole idea for me, like even every almost every photograph I take is an idealized version of the world that I live in. Right. So a photo of a of a person. If I'm retouching that, I'm going to retouch that to how I think they 
should probably look in Frederick world, you know, <laughs> like right. or a landscape. And, and that's, that's, it, that's what you do, right? Yeah, in a landscape in my world, the skies are a little bit oversaturated. You know, there's always a little splash of clarity in there. You know, <laughs> but that's my that's my idealized version of planet Earth. But I, I but it's two separate things, right? There's the question of an individual photographer making a choice to stylize their work and that's one thing and then there's the question of you know uh, a large company having some sort of an obligation to be a good citizen and maybe not promote certain stereotypes and 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 I think that's fine too and I think both of those sides of it are valid uh and you know I mean being the total cynical curmudgeon that I am you know <laughs> Part of it me recognizes that yes, you know, Dove is doing is is making a good statement here, and part of me recognizes that Dove is making a statement that will be perceived as good, and people will hopefully perceive Dove as good. And you know, it's a completely cynical marketing decision that they made that they may or may not give you know a crap about whether society sees you know it has got an issue here. So yeah. you know, take it for what it is. It's certainly successful because it got people talking about it. Hey, we're talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. So but I, you know it's I think the trend is reversing. I I think we're gonna see less and less over processed images yeah. of yeah. especially you think women. So? I mean, yeah, we 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 talk about this. I mean I I don't know. I mean, we, I forget what the story was. It was something to do with retouching. That it was a, a, maybe a year plus ago we talked about, and the whole the, the the debate. We had a nice, lively debate on the show, and the debate I think was about going in the direction of reality versus retouching. You know, and I where I fall on it is, yeah, I don't I don't think women or people in general should be per- portrayed unreal. Like you know, you don't want to show a unrealistic body proportions that are unattainable so that's dumb you know which they should stop doing that but on a magazine i don't necessarily want to see reality on the cover (laughs) of a magazine because reality in a lot of cases is not pleasant (laughs) so if i'm paying money for this magazine i want to i want to see an idealized version of that person knowing in my head that okay you know of course they don't look like that but you know i don't know uh, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, no, I mean, but I, I do think that I think people are becoming a lot more uh, savvy about what is possible with Photoshop. Even, you know, the specific issue group of the, the young women who are trying to emulate some impossible standard. I think more and more they're realizing that this is all retouch stuff. I think it's also much easier for them to retouch their own photos and, and emulate this kind of thing if they really want to. Yeah. And, yeah, I you know, I... I don't think you're going to see this necessarily going away. I think you're probably going to see even more retouching happening in certain situations. But I think most people are just have gotten to the point where they recognize that it's just yeah. it's like an illustration. But I know one 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 listener wrote me and uh, after that particular segment and was calling into you know calling the issue young women and the the distorted perception that they have based on how photographers have manipulated images into what the ideal Mm-hmm. woman should look like and I, I totally agree with that 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 is wrong you know you shouldn't create unrealistic expectations of what people should look like and then you know push them to to make themselves into that thereby hurting themselves that's dumb you shouldn't do that 100% against that my point is just that you know retouch you know, reality with like the flaws and all that that's why we have retouching tools to make it look better mm-hmm. you know why not make it look better Re- Valerie are you saying that 
Like, say if you picked up a cover of Vogue, uh, picked up a, a copy of Vogue magazine or even GQ magazine, <laughs> say with with uh, Matthew McConaughey on the cover. You want to see Matthew McConaughey like right after he got up before having coffee, or do you want to see him looking the best that Matthew McConaughey can look? Well, I don't know. I kind of like the rough look, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's too like depending on where he like was before he got up. Here. <laughs> That's right. Um, I well, I don't know. I like I like natural. So yeah, uh, yeah. Nobody wants to see anybody when they first get up. Um, but but I think there is a happy medium, and I think we need yeah. to reach that. I agree. I need to stay Perfect. realistic, and uh, because who really wants to be on the cover of a magazine, and then. Um, well, maybe they don't want to be recognized in real life because half of them, seriously, you can see them at the grocery store. You would never know they're those stars you see on the cover of magazines. They don't look anything like that. Totally. And, totally. and I, would, I, I would hate that. When I have uh, uh, anything retouched of, like, if I have a portrait done, I, I tell my guy, okay, you take five years off, maybe ten. But <laughs> I don't want people to see me and say, Oh, that's you? <laughs> I don't want people showing yeah. show him up from my workshop and then they walk right by me and say, oh, I didn't recognize you from your profile picture. Right, right, you know? yeah. I, with, the, with the one exception of if you're having a photo retouch for a dating site, then it's okay to not look like you. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, upload your prom picture, you know? That's right. <laughs> oh, funny. Crazy, crazy. All right, guys, um, before we continue, I want to give a, a shout-out to this week's sponsor, and that's Squarespace.com. Squarespace.com just launched a major new product feature called Squarespace Commerce, which gives Squarespace customers the ability to quickly set up an online store, manage, and sell products through their websites, and more. So... They're, Squarespace basically is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a website, a blog, a portfolio, and like I just said, now an online store. Squarespace introduces or has just introduced their new commerce solution that allows you to flick a switch and turn on the commerce feature immediately. There's a powerful and flexible solution that's integrated and it works with every Squarespace template that allows for sales, both physical products, digital goods. For example, you could sell music CDs, you could sell MP3s, hardcover books, eBooks, whatever you want, right on your store, right directly through Squarespace. They've got a fast merchant account setup so you can accept payments and credit cards right away, both credit or debit cards. And they've got a single interface for order management. You can track orders, you can provide customer email updates, printing shipping labels, adding coupons. It goes on and on and on. So a powerful e-commerce solution. And Squarespace Commerce is included with the business plan subscription, which starts at $24 a month when you sign up for a year or $30 for a month for a monthly plan. Um, and Squarespace gives you your website, um, basically the best mobile experience possible on your website. We've been talking about this for a while on the site, so or on This Week in Photo. It's the idea of that responsive design or mobile-ready responsive design, which means your site automatically restructures and reflows itself to look great 
no matter what the device looking at it, whether it be a smartphone, a tablet, a computer, whatever, basically whatever is looking at it, it will make sure that it delivers the right experience for that. And Squarespace has a ton of beautiful templates that are ready to use with 100% drag and drop functionality, easy to use. You can, when you're building your site, you can import sync and publish to and from social media networks with just a few clicks you can tie all of your social media presences into your squarespace site into your store all with just a few clicks plus it's exceptionally well designed they've got an award-winning design team and user experience experts behind the designs to make sure when people see your site you put the best foot forward. Each template has hundreds of design customization options to, you can change the grid layout, the colors, over 300 fonts to choose from. It just goes on and on. They're the all-in-one platform for integrating all of your website needs, domains, design, development, now commerce, hosting, and of course, 24-7 support. If you like a free trial of Squarespace, just head over to squarespace.com twip. You can sign up for your free account. You don't need a credit card. You can try it out, start building your website. And if you fall in love with it, you can purchase it and use the offer code TWIP4 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. And that includes monthly and annual plans. And don't forget about their free domain registrations for annual plan customer subscriptions. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash TWIP and use the offer code TWIP4. They've got everything you need to create that exceptional website. Okay, now let's jump into the critique of the week. This is the newest segment of our show where we put your images, the TWIP audience, to the TWIP panel, these guys, to see how they stand up. This, this week's image is from Andres Trujillo, and it's titled Title Basin. So, guys, you've seen this in the show notes. I'm going to bring it up in the Hangout here so that we can discuss it. And I want to get your thoughts on it. So, Ron, why don't you start? What do you think of this image? Is it successful? Or... Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I mean, it's sort of weird critiquing a, an image on an audio podcast when you can't really describe what it is. But it's a I landscape, know, know. Uh, you know, landscape image uh, with some very dramatic clouds reflected in uh, some some water and you know, horizon line, kind of right down the middle. Um, you know, the, I, I personally have no problem with dividing something right in the middle when it's like this. The story is sort of top and bottom. Um, it's, I don't know if it's actually HDR work. I think it's just sort of pulled into some heavy, uh, sort of contrast saturation added to it. But I think it looks great. You know, it doesn't look realistic necessarily, but it, it looks very dramatic. And I would have cloned out some of the branches that are sticking in the upper right hand corner just to clean it up yeah. kind of thing. But I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it. I mean, you know, I'm looking at it. I like the dramatic sky is awesome. The first thing that draws me into it is the glaze, the glass looking lake you mm -hmm. know, in there. That, that just looks, uh, it looks amazing. And I like the reflection of the sky in there. It looks very surreal. Looks like it was, it is an HDR shot, I think. Um, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. The branches on the right are distracting. You definitely should have cloned those out of there. One of the, the comments on, on Google plus that I saw on this image was one guy was saying that the the fact that he has the horizon or the middle of the image right down the center is distracting. He said he would like to have seen more sky in there. I don't know. And the, his response, Andrew's response, was that he cropped it like this to get the duck in the lower right-hand corner in the shot, which makes sense. 
which mm-hmm. makes sense. But, you know, in Photoshop, you could have moved the duck wherever the heck you wanted to put him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, I don't know, Valerie, Valerie, what about you? What do you, what do you think? Is this image a success? Well, it bothered me a little bit that it was right in the middle. That's the first thing that struck me uh, because, I mean, I know it's good to break the rules and, uh, and, and it's fine. I don't have a problem with having the, the horizon line in the middle uh, consistently. But here, and, I, and, and you're right, I'm not sure if I want to see more sky or if I want to see more water. I actually like the water better than the sky here. Oh, you'd want so, more water in there. Huh. But it but it may not work. And I thought I, I saw the duck and I'm thinking, okay, do we want to get rid of the duck? But then the Jefferson Memorial, I think that's what it is, the Jefferson Memorial in DC yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, we would get too close. Or we could do one of those pano um crops, you know. That could yeah. work too. Um but but off centering the horizon line a little bit. Um I it's a little, and that's completely subjective. I mean, I think it's very pleasant to the eye, and it mm-hmm. looks like a painting. And it's very surreal. Uh, it would be a nice thing to have on your wall. It's a little over-processed for my taste, but mm-hmm. that's just a completely subjective thing, and yeah. that's just for me. I <laughs> like I like minimalist type things, so that's a little, little too too much for me. But yeah, uh, it, but it's beautiful. If it was, you know, if it was mine, I probably, yeah, I probably would have cropped just a little bit off the bottom to take it slightly off center. And I do, I, it's hard to tell with something like this, but it looks like it's not, the horizon isn't exactly level. So I, I was going to say that, that. Yeah, yeah, that that is distracting to me. It looks like the left side is a little bit lower than the right side, right? Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. And, I, you know, I've certainly looked at images where it it looks like one thing and then you go actually check it's not but ultimately it's all about how does it look and so sometimes you'll find yourself cheating it even if it's not the technically correct thing so i'd like to get a little closer to the reflections of the buildings too yeah yeah Mm, yeah yeah i think yeah because as i look at this i'm just now really as i study the image the your eye goes to the brightest thing in the image which is the reflection Mm. at the bottom i think and then it goes my eye goes to the sky and then to the jefferson memorial over there Mm-hmm. which is a lot going on in the image. I yeah. probably would have maybe brought it in a little bit tighter. I don't know that the duck really adds a whole lot to this shot. Like, what's the subject? The subject is this, either the, the skyline or the Jefferson Memorial, which is the yeah. biggest thing. So probably would have zoomed in a little bit, therefore making the the mirrored reflection of the Jefferson Memorial more of the subject of the mm-hmm. photo. Um, but still, you know, accenting it with the dramatic skyline. But, yeah, a little bit, just a touch over-processed. I can see a little little grain in there, but then again, it's art, right? He, maybe he was going for oh, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't and, know. So- and I, I applaud him and everybody else who sent images uh, because it's not easy to, yeah. uh, to be critiqued. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. I think yeah. it's very brave. So. Yeah, well, I, I, I think like overall, this, this shot is. So, Ron, for you, success, yeah, I like it. failure? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like it a lot. Okay, you like it. Good. Thumbs up. <laughs> Valerie, what about you? Thumbs up. I, yes, not something I would shoot, or I mean, not something I wouldn't process it this way, and I would tweak it a little bit just, uh, just in the composition. But mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, it's it's pleasing. It's very soft and relaxing. Oh, okay, cool. Soft, relaxing, pleasing, and I call it a success as well. So this is this is a this is a good image. Would you, Ron? Would you print this? And Ron, you look like you're in quicksand over there, by the way. Would oh. you? Would you... <laughs> Would you print this? Would you print this and put it on your wall? How did that happen? 
How's that? There you go. Um, now I can see you. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't print it because it's not my picture. But um, something like that. I don't. You know, I for me, like I said, I've printed one thing in the last five years, so I'm not a big printer. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but I could see that. I mean, it's something like that. For an image like this, I would probably, you know, just thinking about what would prompt me to print it, I would probably want to have like some companion image that was on the same theme and print them together as opposed to this being just an image that would stand by itself. Yeah. Yeah. So like a series or a grouping. Mm -hmm. right? yeah, yeah. I think so. Very cool. Right. Yeah, maybe like a medium shot and then a detail shot. kind of. Yeah. Or even just something that has a, a similar sort of uh, color scheme and thematically some other building or something like that. You know, something that I'd sort of tweaked to feel like they were kind of a, a matched pair. Yeah. The only thing this image for me is missing in the foreground there needs a model in that water right there. <laughs> <laughs> a model needs to be doing something in that water there. I don't know. Yep. Uh, Swimsuit. Yep. Swimsuit. Perfect. Or, yeah, or other. Okay. All right. So, Andre, thank you for your submission this week. And remember, listeners, if you'd like us to dive into your image, you can submit it uh, to the Critique of the Week. There We have a special section over there on the TWIP Google Plus community. Just uh, go over there and make sure it's in that category. And when we uh, when we rife through the image to pick images to pick one to talk about, we may select yours. All right, guys, it is time for the listener Q and A. This is a segment where you guys get to answer questions that have been at the top of some of our listeners' minds. Question number one is from Henrik Albertson, and he writes: He says, "I've taken the challenge to act as the official photographer for an amateur music pro musical production." I will do all the photo work, like portraits of actors, crew, posters, flyers, program booklet, internet pics, etc. Do you have any recommendations on how to achieve a consistent look? Ron Brinkman, how does Henrik achieve a consistent sort of look and feel for all of his images across those outside yeah. media? Uh, it's, a, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I think that you probably want to be reasonably consistent with the kind of lens you use, or maybe even exactly the same lens, if you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would include kind of dialing in the same sort of uh, uh, of aperture to get a consistency with, with sort of what you're doing with depth of field or not. And then I think a lot of it is just going to be post-processing. You know, pick a, pick a color scheme or a black and white contrast scheme uh, and just, you know, make sure that you kind of get everything to be consistent with that, you know, stylistically, you know, you're going to have the problem of you're shooting some some wide shots of the band on stage versus some close-ups of the portraiture. Right. But I think if you you, know, if you kind of at least make sure you get your, your color scheme the same, then it'll kind of help draw it all together. Got it. Valerie, what about you? Any any thoughts on how to make a co cohesive look and feel for this project? Um, well, the lighting, too. If he's doing those individual portraits, kind of want to get them all. Uh, lit in a similar fashion, mm -hmm. so that if they're on a program or something all next to each other, they should be consistent. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if he's doing individual portraits. Also, it sounds like it. And um, yeah, that's a big job. He's going to learn a lot. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Across um, all those different medium, you know, it's definitely yeah. it sounds like a fun job too. It does. All right. All right. Before we jump into the pick of the week, I just want to, to the folks that are in the hangout, I want to show this image right here that Ron Brinkman just sent over to me. No. So Ron, no. this is, this is your image, right? So this is, tell us about this image really quick. 
Yeah, well, that's what the one I described, which is Angel Falls in Venezuela, tallest waterfall in the world, and you know, it was it was a bit of an ordeal to get there with uh, flying into this little tiny town and having to take a canoe upriver and a uh, uh, bit of hiking to get up to it, and then we actually spent the night in that area uh, in this sort of little hammock, you know, covered hammock area, and that shot was actually early, early morning. Uh, everybody else was still asleep in first light, and I kind of walked, you, know, you had to walk probably, uh, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes from where we hung our hammocks to get to where we had this view of it, and it was just perfect lighting, the sun coming in from the side and lighting up the mist and everything, and that, it was literally a window, I, I have another photo that's less than five minutes later, looking at the exit data that is just completely covered in clouds, you can't see a thing, so it's, uh, yeah, it was just a, a nice capturing the moment and then, like I said this is a stitched together image the the, the image that I ended up with is 10,000 pixels wide 6,000 pixels high wow and uh, so it's you know it's got nice detail that blows up pretty well that's amazing yeah it was cool. fun that I would call that a successful image uh, I like it yep I'm happy congratulations with it. on that okay let's jump into the pics of the week real quick this is uh, this is something that you guys can pick and can be anything as long as it's related to photography Valerie, I'm going to let you go first. I have an idea of what your pick of the week is. I didn't think we would spend half the show talking about it already. Uh, (laughs) The X100S Fuji. um, And I love it. I will be doing a little write-up on it. Not very technical, but kind of my first impressions. But, oh, by the way, if you get one, get two batteries right away. So far, I'm not impressed with the battery life. Like, what is it? Does it, does it, uh, is it Well, then again, I, I heard... Other people talk about that on forums, um, but it may take a few charges to actually, uh, for actually the battery to be at its optimum capacity. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of hoping it changes because it was granted it was 30 degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't have drained that quickly. How quick um, was quick? Is it an hour? Oh, or like, two hours? Uh, well, hundred pictures of that. I don't even know. Oh, no. No, not oh, even no. that. Three, so, three rolls of film. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're so spoiled. And yeah. so I, I have a second battery. I'm thinking of getting a third one if uh, if it doesn't prove to be more uh, to, more efficient. Cheap, uh, so uh, cheap, cheap batteries on eBay are the way to go. That's well, that's the thing. Somebody opinion. else told me that the Fuji batteries may not be the best. The best. Uh, you know, you, you can get. Yeah, you can get. Cheap, cheap battery. It may be a little early for this camera, but you know, I buy replacement batteries for my Canons that are like four or five dollars each these days. And you know, every now and then you'll get a bad one and you yeah. throw it away. You know, yeah. but yeah. so I what? I did the same thing for my uh, my GoPro Hero Three. I went yeah. on, you know, Amazon bought bought some batteries and a charger. I have like four yeah. or five batteries now, and they they've all been really good. So yeah, yeah, I've had good good luck with buying them. So why not? They're so cheap. But I'm thinking, too, I may have drained the battery very quickly because, you know, I'm messing with all those new dials and buttons and <laughs> and checking everything out. So yeah. that could explain it, too. And I could yeah. have turned off the cool sound, but I didn't. <laughs> I don't, if, if the sound <laughs> is draining your battery, you have a problem with your camera. <laughs> well, I'm sure it adds up. It's like, it's like having the vibration on your iPhone. I will drain the battery. But I can't, believe, I can't believe Amazon saying one to three months for that. <laughs> that, that's not cool. That is not cool. When when are you going on your trip? Uh, well, based on when I can get this camera, so maybe not in twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> Got this here. Maybe I'll be, I'll take my G nine. I don't know. <laughs> so, 
Well, I didn't uh, even think I would have it for my trip to Paris in two and a half weeks, and yeah, and I maybe, got it a but, week ago. So. But I only checked Amazon. I didn't check B and H or Adorama. So maybe I'll uh, I'll check over there. So thanks for that tip. All right, thanks for that, Valerie. The Fuji X100S. Ron Brinkman, what is your pick of the week? My pick is a website. Um, you know, there's sort of when you're buying anything, talking about batteries or camera gear in general. You know, a lot of times you have the option of you either buy some extremely well-known manufacturers and probably pay the, uh, the the price that goes along with having that brand, or you can buy a completely cheap knockoff off of eBay. But sort of right in the middle, in, in a nice sweet spot, is a website called Monoprice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they started off. I love this because they kind of started off back in the days when these audio cables, there were these ridiculously overpriced audiophile cables, where they would sell you, you know, these gold-plated cables that allegedly improved the sound somehow, even though it's a digital connection. And, you know, ridiculously overpriced stuff. And Monoprice came out, and they just started offering very good, high-quality cables that were perfect, and they you know, sold them at a price that was basically a reasonable market over what it cost to make them, which means, you know, 10 bucks for a cable as opposed to 300. Mm-hmm. And since then they've really expanded what they offer and they've got a ton of stuff, uh, including in terms of what might be interesting to photographers. Um, they have, you can buy high, high resolution monitors that are basically the same panels that Apple uses in their, uh, you know, their, their 30 inch and 27 inch displays. Uh, for much less money than what an Apple display would cost. They just came out with a little action camera for about 90 bucks, I think. It's sort of, you know, again, it's not it's not a GoPro. It doesn't have quite the capabilities, but it's a heck of a lot cheaper. You know, just good, solid products that are sort of basic. I mean, the headphones I'm listening to, you know, I'm doing this podcast on are uh, mono, monoprice headphones that were like $12, $13. Wow. And, uh, you know, and that includes the, uh, the Apple you know, the iPhone controls of, and the microphone built in and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I had a great experience with them. I actually got one of these headphones, and it was bad. After a couple of days, one of the years went out, and I sent them, the, you know, the return information. They're like, yeah, don't bother sending it back. We don't need that hassle with that. We'll just send you a new one. So they've been very wow. good with customer support. And, um, you know, I mean, I didn't, I had no use for headphones that well, didn't have one ear working. But Ron, do you think they carry the uh, Fuji X100S? <laughs> <laughs> It's a lookalike. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. I'm just saying, you know, I'll, I'll have to vouch for Monoprice too because we're we're looking in the Hangout. We're looking at the the the, uh, the site right now, and that wall mount that they have for you know, yeah. flat screens. Yep. I I actually have two of those in my house. They're eighteen dollars. If you go, and that's the thing. Yeah, if you if you go to like Best Buy, they're going to charge you what one hundred fifty bucks or something yep. ridiculous like that yep. for the exact same thing. And right. on here, it's yeah, like a couple less pieces of metal with some bolts in it. And you exactly. know, yeah, so it's I, I'm I'm really a fan of you know they just make stuff that doesn't need to be overpriced, doesn't have a brand markup, and you know, it's good solid stuff as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yep, very cool. So monoprice.com, right? Yep. Awesome. All right, my pick of the week real quick is Lightroom 5 Beta that we've been talking about. So, <laughs> and it's free. Which is, it's free, <laughs> and it's on my list to download after I finish hanging out with you guys. So I'm going to go download that and poke around in there. I'm excited to play with the tools that I saw demonstrated over on photoshopuser.com slash Lightroom 5. So that's the Kelby guys' site. They always do... Like Matt Klaskowski and uh, and Scott Kelby always do a really nice walkthrough of all the top line features. So they have a pipeline right into 
the the Adobe Aorta, so we have all that information right in there. So definitely go check that out if you're a Lightroom user. And you know, Ron, if you're feeling like you know you're jealous or you're you're tired of waiting <laughs> on that next version of that one piece of software, what's it called again? Uh, it, it's certainly possible. I mean, uh, Aperture is what's, what's going on with that, Ron? So honestly, well, you know, it's inertia. I mean, uh, no, I mean, I. It, it, Aperture I'm even tired of joking about it. I mean, like, uh, it, it is not it, it is not clearly inferior to Lightroom. I like a lot of what Lightroom does, but Aperture has a lot of very good stuff in it too. So you know, yes, yeah, but I'm, no, no, I'm not I'm not disputing that Aperture is very very good software. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. In fact, it tempted me to kind of go over and yep. and standardize on it. But why no updates? Is it? They have well, iOS myopicness. There's a lot of that. They did some, you know, some some updates that are not particularly user facing in the sense that they now unify the library between iPhoto and Aperture. Mm -hmm. So if you're going from iPhoto to Aperture, it's no longer this huge import upgrade process. It's, it's that a, was six months sort of ago, Ron. I know it was six months ago. Hey, I'm with you. So you know, I, it's so good they don't need to upgrade. Yes, it's just that's perfect it. already. Yeah, yeah, it's far from this? that. It's What's this whole that. iteration thing? They put it yeah. out, it's done. You don't need to change it. It's a diamond. Yep. <laughs> no love. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean Aperture, Aperture is awesome. It has some, you know, it's. I, I still love the book engine in Aperture yep. much better than the one that's even in the new Lightroom because they, they updated the book engine in Lightroom 5 beta. Um, but Aperture is just awesome for that kind of stuff, for the slideshows, all that stuff, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. I, I would love to see what's next, you know, yeah, what, I agree. just push it up to the next level, you know, yep. there's a number, what are, was it at three right now? I don't know, yeah, probably. Yeah, three, whatever, whatever is that, there's another number after that, Apple, push it <laughs> to that next <laughs> level, if you're listening to this, come on, you know, we love you, but we want to see that thing update, we, Adobe needs the competition to keep pushing Lightroom, you know, further. Yep. I agree. All right, guys, uh, and that's enough of that rant. So we are at the end of another episode of TWIP. Um, Ron Brinkman, where can people go to connect with you and see what you're up to in the uh, uh, channels and all well, that? I'm on Twitter, at Ron Brinkman. Uh, my blog is digitalcomposting.com, which is I just put up a post talking about this latest little app that we put together, which is called FaceShip. Which I should have been pimping from the outside of this what's it, podcast. What's it called again? Face what? Faceship. Faceship. F A C E S H I P. It's on the App Store. You can go to faceshipapp.com or just App Store slash faceship. Uh, it's free. It is a photography tool. It is primarily focused at doing funny faces and sort of some photo booth like stuff. But the blog post I just did up on digitalcomposting.com kind of talks a little bit about. Um, how I'm, I, I found myself using it for kind of landscape photography and sort of these distorted views of, of landscapes and mirrored and things like that that end up being some really kind of interesting effects. So um, number one, I would just love if everybody download it. I, we can always use the help spreading the word. I would love if people download it, take some funny pictures and post them to Facebook and whatnot. Uh, I would certainly not complain if people would go write a review on the App Store for that matter. Because um, that's sort of the lifeblood of these these apps is just getting the word out. So uh, do me a solid. Go uh, go grab it. It is free. You can pay a ninety nine cent upgrade if you can find the change in your couch cushions that will unlock a few of the other additional effects that are in there. There's about thirty different effects. So and and the, I gotta say there there's some pretty funny stuff actually. All right, Twip listeners, I gotta put the call out to you. You gotta help a Twipper out. Do it. You know, Ron Ron Brinkman and Faceship app. 
com. Go check it out yep. and leave them some feedback and you know download a thing. It's free right now, right? It's free. I don't know how yeah. much easier I can make it. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. Go get it. Help and, Ron out. You know? And share. Share the images. Because, you know, honestly, what, what we're finding is, is you know, it the, the biggest user group are, are you know, younger kids that just love the, the different faces and stuff. So, you know, every kid play with it, if nothing else. Excellent, excellent. The perfect the perfect toy for that old iPad that you give to your kid to play with. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. And Valerie, where can people go to connect with you and see what you're up to? They can go to my website, my brand new Squarespace website. Squarespace. Uh, <laughs> and I have all the little, uh, uh, they can connect to Facebook and Google Plus, Twitter and so forth. So it's Valérie Jardin Photography, all in one word, V-A-L-E-R-I-E-J-A-R-D-I-N photography.com. Excellent. And congratulations on the website. It looks beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Very good. Like you're, and you're happy with it? So you got a new yes. website, you got a new camera, you just make it all kinds of things. Silence. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good at time management. Oh, it's it's crazy. The the few weeks before two workshops start, all the logistics and everything, it was crazy. Doing the website, I'm glad I did it three four three weeks ago because right now it's nuts. It's good. But it's all good. good. Busy is good. You guys are inspirations to me. I was telling, I had lunch with a friend of mine, uh, or actually coffee with a friend of mine, Ralph, earlier today. And uh, I was telling him how inspirational all you guys are to me because, you know, I come on the show once a week and I do these shows and, you know, Ron has gone to, you know, North Korea is hanging out with Kim Jong and, you know, Valerie's in Paris doing her black and white photography and, you know, you got Don Komoreska doing this macro stuff. So all this stuff is like inspirational to me, which was the impetus behind me, you know, sort of orchestrating this this adventure, my Korean adventure. You know, it's good Frederick awesome. Gangnam Gangnam style. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Excellent. we'll see how that works out. So it's well, all your fault if I, you know, something happens when I'm over there. We want to see the dance. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, thanks, guys. So, listeners, if you want to keep up with everything in the TWIP universe, you can check us out at This Week in Photo.com. And also, please join our community over on Google. And, of course, consider submitting an image for our critique of the week. We promise to be gentle. Well, maybe not so gentle, but we promise to be honest and fair. We're fair and balanced, like some networks say. And <laughs> if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me over at FrederickVan.com or. Media Bytes with a Y.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production. Produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. 